But yeah, you know, like it's been a lot of work unraveling, being afraid of being myself and being able to even like speak up for myself and be like, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. Like, and not being ashamed in that. Because if you like be yourself and then you like get kicked out and like sent away and abandoned for being yourself, you almost feel like you can't be yourself in the world. Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Ah, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the New Wave Podcast. Daniel D. Bowser checking in with you here. So happy to have you. Can you believe we're almost at episode 100? I still haven't decided what we're going to do to celebrate, but uh, rest assured that you will be the first one to know. Today, we have an episode with my new friend, uh, Fallon Satterfield. And what I love about her is that she really embodies the, the idea that I came to the internet game with, which is I wanted to create a business out of something that I loved. I didn't want to work for some corporate Uh, company or some sort of organization that I didn't really gel with. But at the same time, I wanted to be able to be flexible. I wanted to be able to build a community around around what I was doing for a living. And she has done that so well. Her tagline or her her, her, uh, handle on IG uh, is spiritual bad bitch. And I think it's hilarious. And really what she's done is she's learned how to uh, take her ideas, take her marketing expertise, take her uh, take her IP essentially and turn it into multiple different types of programs, into masterminds, into different ways of creating not only money, but also community, which I think is so cool. So you're going to hear from her. And while you're at it, make sure you check out everything we have going on on the New Wave uh, Entrepreneur website. That's newwaveentrepreneur.com. What do we have on there? We got some free guides for you, including crypto guides, productivity guides. We also have, uh, let's see, we have the Discord, the New Wave Discord, which we're putting out now, which basically it's just our community to talk with me and all the people in the in the in the the New Wave uh, the New Wave channel. And also we have uh, updates on the new workshops that I'm hosting, and of course the New Wave Dinner Experience, which we just hosted one in LA last week. It was fantastic. I'm actually going to share some of that content with you, but the next one's going to be in June in Austin, Texas. So we don't have all the details on it yet, but in a few weeks I will, and you're going to want to tune in for that one. So let's jump into this episode. Like okay, so it's like it's like walking into a room, you know, and yeah. having a conversation. That's kind of how I like to, to do. It. Yeah, no, that's a vibe. I, I I vibe with that. Thank you. People will be a fly on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're you're in Glendale, right? Yeah, I'm in Glendale. And uh, as you know, a lot of people made the mass exodus out of California in 2020. Yeah. I feel like we've been talking about this a lot on the show, and maybe I should just move yeah. On, but I, it was like a traumatic <laughs> experience. Everyone that, that exited. Yeah, and they all like went to Texas or like Florida. Yeah, well, I went to Oregon. I went north. We went, we saw oh, everyone really? go in that direction. We're like, we're gonna go up. <laughs> yeah, Sarah and I went up, and Sarah got into University of Oregon. That was partially the reason why we came. But then we're like, ah, you know, it's just really nice up here. It's like North North California. Okay, cool. Yeah, I yeah. honestly I love Oregon. It's it's very almost like what do you call it? Twilight vibes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't, they, didn't they actually watch Washington? Or, Washington. or was it, it was Washington, one of the two? <laughs> I think it was probably both. And they filmed Free Willy here. They did film Twilight here. Because mm-hmm. you know why? Because they have the Twilight posters in the Oregon airport, in the Portland airport. Because <laughs> they have all the movies that they filmed here. That's how I know Free Willy. Um, yeah, Twilight. So, yeah, like well, the-, the thing I like it. Yeah, yeah. The thing I like about it here is that the tallest thing is not a building, but it's a tree. It's mm. all trees here. And in, in um, LA, where I was for a while, it's mostly buildings, concrete. Yeah. No, that's for sure. That's definitely been kind of an adjustment for me because I'm someone who loves nature. And yeah, it's the buildings are cool, but I always have to get to the mountains at least like once a week. Could you live in New York? No. No. Why not? I cannot live in New York. Well, for me, New York is just like one of those places where there's just way too much going on, you know, like it's too not in LA. Yeah, it's too packed and it's cool to visit, but I couldn't see myself living there. It's a lot of energy. It is. It's, it's a more of a, um, a more of a hustle energy, more of a gritty energy. Yeah. Uh, there isn't as much of a like a relaxed vibe. It's yeah. uh, more like if it was a drug, it'd be more like cocaine, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it just depends on what you like. <laughs> but it's it's fun for periods of time. But the cold also, I don't think I can handle the cold. Oh yeah, no, but then I again, it's cold. It's fucking cold, Oregon. So yeah, you know, it's cold right now. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna put. Obviously, your your stuff is gonna be in the show notes. So mm-hmm. I I guess we'll just call out. It's almost like the elephant in the room. What is a spiritual bad bitch? <laughs> Good question. I love answering this question. So, do you have that on a business card? You know, I'm a paper free business. So, anytime I ask for my business card, I'm environmentally conscious. (laughs) That's why my business is online. No, I'm kidding. Because, you know, anyways, it still affects the planet. But, you know, a spiritual bad bitch is a person. It doesn't necessarily have to be a woman, it's whoever resonates with the term who knows that spirituality and their human experience get to go together. So if you think of the word spiritual and then you look at the word bad bitch, it's kind of controversial, right? Like a lot of people when they think of bad bitch, it's like, oh, someone who's like very bold, very maybe poignant, like just Mm -hmm. someone who is unapologetically themselves, right? And then when you think the term spiritual, a lot of times you get like a softer, more like quiet, I'm meditating all day kind of vibe, right? And so my life and spiritual bad bitch is a combination of both of those things and knowing that they get to support each other as I live my life in the world as a spiritual being having a human experience. Because let's be honest, I love being spiritual. I love meditating. I love the whole like, I want to be better and connect to the divine and operate from love. But I also resonate with the term of being bougie and I hold strong boundaries for myself. I speak up for myself. I'm unapologetic in my expression. And so for me, that's what being a spiritual bad bitch is, is like having both. Like you don't have to choose like I need to be and present myself this way or I need to be and present myself this way. It's like I'm going to be all of it. Have you watched the TV show You? Yes. I love you. <laughs> the, the way that they make fun of LA in that show, especially the last season <laughs> – is personifies spiritual bad bitch. The fa- Literally. I, I feel what you're saying, but I have lived over there and I know the spiritual bad bitch is like a meme of itself. Literally. When I saw them do a Navrin, I was like, that is definitely they, a one. They nailed it. They nailed it. 
So for anyone who's listening, there's a store in uh, West LA. It's called Erewhon, which is nowhere spelled backwards, which I just found out like a few years ago. A I just found out right now. Yeah, nowhere spelled <laughs> backwards. Yeah, uh, fact of the day. And this has got to be the most expensive grocery store on the planet, or got to be top 10, top 10. It's up there. And no, this is, this is a real thing. I went there one day, this is maybe three or four years ago, and I saw that mangoes were $5.66 per mango. And I went to the store and I, I thought to myself, just in this day, I texted my wife and I said, the mangoes are almost $6. We're moving. There's no way. There's no way that um, that one mango is worth a, what is now a gallon of gas. And now a gallon of gas is six. But anyway, so this this store, but I will say this store, Erewhon, I'm just going to brag on for one more second. They have, their food is so fucking good. Like it's very expensive, but it's so good. So as you're eating it, you're really feeling bad about how much you paid, but then you're really feeling good about how good it tastes. And it's a scene. If you go there, it's like people are coming out and they're like, they're like with their, their yoga gear on, their mat. And they're like, they're like, oh yeah, I just came to get. The uh, you know, the 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 turmeric latte, but they're like stretching. It's a it's a scene, you know, just like Whole Foods is in Venice. So there's this very L.A. So spiritual bad bitch is like it's it's, it's West L.A. or Glendale. Hell yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Okay, well, you know what I also want to say about that too is that like L.A. jokes aside, I feel like this generation is the first generation that can. I was talking about this on a previous podcast that can declare who you are and what's important to you and then monetize that through creating different avenues of <laughs> you know of, of, of exchange with an audience which yeah. is totally new and probably really only possible in the next 10 years or in the last 10 years which is kind of why I want to talk to you because I'm like okay like spiritual bad bitch ha 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 but not really <laughs> because yeah. because people want to exchange for what you're giving them you're giving them and they're rece- they're receiving and they're giving back to you. There's a there's an economy that's happening around your IP and your ideas. So that to me is what's interesting because anybody can you'd be surprised the people who who man like even the people that my wife follows on YouTube, they have a Patreon and the Patreon will have like 10,000 people on that bitch all mm-hmm. paying like $20 a month. And I'm like, "Wow, all you're doing is reviews, you know, of yep. culture stuff or you know, or just you have like these niche sites where it doesn't look like much, but it's doing a, it's turning a business. Oh, and yeah. so I think that's very interesting. So I thought maybe you could speak to that in addition to like the philosophy, the mm. business of it, which is interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. So for me, really spiritual bad bitch, the term itself was kind of developed within the last year and a half. But before that, I've been in business, doing business, online business since I was 19. And so I've learned a lot about the various ways and avenues within a coach, the coaching industry and outside of that, where just as creatives, whether you're on a TikTok or YouTube, like you said, or you know, you have a Patreon that's connected to your podcast, when you really learn how to leverage social media to expand your own movement and belief systems through your core values and what you get to give to other people through the way that you live life. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that is so powerful. And I think that that's been something that as you know, we're in the age of Aquarius and the world is evolving and changing and all these things are happening and COVID and all these things, right? Like people are looking for greater meaning and purpose in their life. And because the internet is 
allows us to connect with people who we might have never known or seen before ever, right? Um, it allows us to have access to like data data overload and so much information that we can use to make ourselves better and reach our goals and connect with other people. And at the baseline of it, I really think that connection is what a lot of people are looking for. Whether it's, you know, they live in a small town and they've never been able to cultivate relationships with people who live there because they don't have the same ideals. I mean, I'm originally from Indiana. So like, <laughs> oh my God, like I literally like growing where, up where there, in Indiana? Indianapolis, Indiana, which is the city. Okay, but that's I mean, the most populous place. There you go. No. It's not Evansville. <laughs> The most popular. I mean, every time yeah. I'm, you know, I used to like have this thing where I would say like, I'm from Indiana. And when I lived on the East Coast, people would be like, India? Like they had never heard of Indiana. I'm like, <laughs> did you study geography in school? <laughs> like what the hell? <laughs> yeah, Indiana is not, I mean, you guys, it's it's a good thing. Sometimes you just slip under the radar. It's a good thing. You know, you don't always want to yeah. be. You know, oh, like, man. I mean, but it's, it's. I, I let I lived there, right? And so like most of my family is from there and I was always the black sheep of my family. Like I was like the one who they thought was so weird and like was not the person who was doing the things they should have been doing as a child and all of that stuff, right? And so, you know, even the outcast. Me, like, yeah. And even when I lived there when I was young and I had access to the internet, like I was on the internet young on like IMVU, like chat rooms, just like trying can I ask to ask how old you are. Is that not, can I, am I allowed to ask you know, how old you are? I'm, I'm very open with that. I'm only 23. A lot of people. Okay. okay. Yeah. A lot of people are surprised by that when I start speaking, but it's the people truth. Say, oh, you're not supposed to ask a lady how old she is. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. It's the culture. It's the <laughs> cultural expectation. I'm not allowed to ask a lady her age. I have some <laughs> friends that will literally still not tell me their age. I have really? a female friend who will not tell me her age. I'm just like, I'm just going to guess. Huh. I think that, <laughs> that comes from like some what? weird like things where, you know, like in society, age is like such a big thing for some reason. And it it's is, like, especially for women. Especially for women. And like, I think that at first, like I was very hesitant to be open about my age because like I thought that that would deter my clientele. But like ultimately I know I'm like, well, if I just be myself and I do the things and say the things that I need to say and people get it, like, you know, that TikTok video or the sound that's like the girls that get it, get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they'll get it and they'll come and it, that works for me. But, you know, I think that age, whether it's like you're older or you're younger, like it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't determine your intelligence, your maturity, even, you know, it just doesn't. It and doesn't. we're in a different day and age where, you know, I really believe heavily and like star seeds and like old souls and reincarnation and stuff like that. And I think that like everything is energy. And I know for a fact that I've been here before and I don't have to, you know, determine that through my age, if that makes sense. The thing that has uh, benefited me the most of age, like I feel like I have always been intelligent from age to age to age and kids are very intelligent. So you really can't underestimate them. Oh, a yeah. lot of times we will, we will stuff kids down and like not listen to them, but really they're, they're right. Cause they're just telling the straight up truth. Mm -hmm. But one thing that has benefited me with age is like, okay, I can see patterns and cycles in others and then later in myself. And that yeah. has been, cause then you can, you can only witness that over like maybe a decade. You have to have like, now I have three decades. I'm like, okay, I can see. <laughs> Three compared. I, I see, see three rounds of this. That has <laughs> yeah. helped me um, yeah. just in a self-analysis mm -hmm. perspective. But I would say that, yeah, like 
intelligence has no correlation with age. And I know really smart kids who are minors versus super, super dumb old people <laughs> that yeah. have no, that I would trust the minor with something precious and the old person couldn't have, any, I wouldn't trust them anything. So oh, it has yeah. nothing to do with their age. Right. You know? Yeah. But experience I'm realizing is important. Like I used to believe that, oh, like whatever, you know, you don't experience and intelligence can go one in hand and it's not like this. That's not true. You yeah. need experience, you know, and that's well, something that I've been really integrating and learning and allowing myself to have because, you know, even being 23, I've been on my own since I was 17. Like I've been in charge of myself. And so I have this ability to be really hard on myself. Right. And, you know, when you make a mistake, you almost don't want to make any more mistakes, but I've had to start just allowing myself to just do things messy mm -hmm. so that I can have the experience and learn and grow and be better from it. You, there's, if you do it right every time, there's no feedback. It's like, <laughs> well, it's, it's like if you do it perfect, you're like, wasn't it perfect? They're like, yeah, it was great. Don't change anything. And, and you don't, you don't yeah. make any improvements. Uh, yeah. But then like in the beginning, feedback is more like you fuck things up. Is that's yeah. <laughs> fucking th feedback is AKA fucking things up, which is like oh, yeah. either I messed something up with money. I messed up a relationship. I messed up something up with my, my physical or mental health. Like, yeah. so you have to like bump against the walls of things to figure out okay. where you, and then later you're like, ah, I won't do that again. Oh but yeah. That's happened to me like a bunch of times now. I'm like, oh yeah. So, so, okay. So talking about taking your your IP, your 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 uh, perspective on the world, and marketing it and creating a business around it. What's your perspective around that? What's your experience around that? Yeah, my experience around like marketing itself. Well, I mean, for, so so your your products and your programming, it's yeah. it's essentially coaching, correct? Yeah, it's like coaching. It's it's support. It's community. It's all of that. How did you decide that you wanted to do that? How did you decide that that was going to be the product that you offer, the service that you want to offer? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm very into astrology. I'm a Virgo. I love helping okay. people. I love being in service. Um, it's something that I'm naturally oriented to. And I also have always had a gift for writing. And I was like always the person who loved English in school. Like I was always getting over 100% on my <laughs> English papers. Like, hmm. so for me, it was more so about leveraging all parts of me when it came to my ideas on consciousness and spirituality and my love for personal development, my love for helping people and my gifts for marketing and writing. And I made a business out of that. that, that that's, that's what I wanted to get at because yeah. you've taken what you're naturally creatively good at. Mm -hmm. And this is Naval Ravikant, who's uh, like a well-known philosopher, has this idea around uh, creating a specific skill. And a specific yeah. skill is a set of skills really that you develop over a period of time that's based on your personal interests, things that you put mm. in that you can't make an algorithm for. You can't make a one-size-fits-all training course for, to know what you know because you've been studying right. your own unique stuff. Now, this is, we're not talking about like, I'm making my own medicine because I'm a doctor. Like, it's a different, <laughs> yeah. different types of like, you're you know, right. you're, in your field, you're making your own experiences and you're creating programs around it. Yeah. And I think creating that specific knowledge takes time. Oh yeah, uh, but but once you have something that people want to learn and and you have that product, you know you can then offer it to people and they will they will oh, want yeah. to buy it from you whether it's like through a course or a live training or um like like a digital training like digital materials. How, and how do you position yourself? What do you do? Yeah, so oof, I do a little bit of everything. I've done everything from 
one-on-one consulting and coaching to live workshops and master classes. I have a mastermind. I've done the, I have probably That's 10 cool. courses I've created literally. On what? So conscious marketing for sure. And what, what I mean that by mean? conscious marketing, yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's, it's a, Oh yeah. It's a new wave approach to speaking your genius and your wisdom. Okay. And new wave. Your purpose. New wave. You know. There oh, you go. Oh shit. That wasn't even up. There you go. New wave. <laughs> I see what you did there. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, I'm good at what I do, right? But <laughs> but you know, it's a new wave approach to Marketing. So you know how like marketing, even just like in the commercial world, but also online, it's always like targeted towards people's pain and problems and really like disempowering languaging around Mm -hmm. someone Mm -hmm. getting to a transformation, right? Or making someone want to buy something to get. What's an example? Oh God. Like you're so tired of being stuck in the cycle of not making five figure months or something like that. Or like you're so, you know, tired of feeling depleted and energetically drained from one-on-one clients, right? Like so like negative I, marketing. It's negative marketing. And I get how in many ways it's important to point out a problem and to make people aware that like, hey, this is something that you don't like and this is something that you want to change. But I think as spiritual beings and as people who are really in business to make progression in the collective in other people's lives, like you have to be really intentional about the vibration that you're speaking through. And I've found that when I, I found that when I speak to people from a lens of what is possible in their soul and like really getting down to the micro vision that they have within their field of consciousness that maybe they haven't fully accessed, that allows you to attract people into your work who actually show up to do the work, people who actually like are on the same wave of core values and reciprocity within what you're giving and what they're receiving. And I just have a lot more fun when I make everything that I do work about spirituality anyway. So of course, conscious marketing, vibrational content, like Things like that are concepts that I really branded myself around in the first four years of my business that have allowed me to attract a community of spiritual entrepreneurs that really vibe with and like the idea of me being a spiritual bad bitch and getting my internal shit together and also me making hella money with conscious marketing. Right. Let's let me. Okay. I have two things I want to ask here. I have two directions I want to go. So the first thing is with with. Consumer brand, because you're talking about uh, like spiritual marketing, not focusing on the negative, creating alignment with people, building people up, creating things that are going to add to their overall mental and spiritual well-being. I get it. Think about consumer marketing. Think about like how they market clothes, cars, consumer goods. Can you think of some examples where uh, Mm. negative marketing or or what you're saying is like pointing out the lack uh, Mm. is still both effective and ethical and and what do, you, what do you think about marketing in that context? Because we're talking about coaching context, which is one thing. Yeah. But like, what about in like broader Yeah. Marketing? So I think in many ways, like, for example, when you see like those billboards that have like the <laughs> the casinos, right? Like the casino marketing where they're like, mm-hmm. when, when they started opening back up after COVID, they're like, oh, oh yeah. we're here waiting for you, Vegas or whatever. You know, like I feel like, If something is expansive for someone, 
then that's what I would say is a good ethical, if it's ethical to based on the person's core values. Define expansive. Okay, so expansive is something that like you like you look at, read, receive, feel, and you feel like yes, like open, like you feel inclined and moved towards that thing because it feels exciting for you. Some people will feel uh, yes to uh, to uh, <laughs> insert <laughs> insert the nasty shit there, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. You could you could like, oh, so. But see, that's the thing. That's what I need. Like, okay, that's the thing. My beliefs is that, like, I don't want to say anything improper to a lady. <laughs> and <laughs> literally, okay. okay, inherently, nothing in the world is wrong. Nothing that exists is inherently negative. It just is, right? That's, so, yes. everything is based on preference. If someone sees something as positive, that might not dictate the fact that someone else sees it as highly problematic and negative, right? So, my spiritual approach to like anything, whether it's marketing or a relationship or someone's behavior, is that like if that somehow improves, not even necessarily improves, but it's something within their human experience that they feel benefits them, then like there's nothing inherently wrong with it. Everything just is. And like, we have to be okay with that because it exists, right? Like- I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's helpful in to the greater collective, but ultimately like how much control do we have over what the world is going to do or what it's not? No, I, th- I think you make a good point. I think, um, yeah, I think that that when it comes to like the consumer side, the consumer branding stuff, generally speaking, most mass marketing feeds off of our insecurities. Mm-hmm. So most mass marketing is targeted at a sense of lack, either mm-hmm. implicitly or explicitly. That's kind of what keeps us in a loop of being in the consumer mindset. But it is also interesting that you can... Uh, especially when you're marketing programs toward that are that are de- designed to develop the self, I think it's a really important to to position yourself in a way that's not necessarily mm-hmm. creating a sense of lack for someone, but also create a sense of possibility for them. Right. Like if you're going to sell a coaching service to someone, you don't want to say you need to sign up with me because you suck so bad, <laughs> yeah. and I got to fix this right now. It has to be yeah. more like. Look what we could do together. Look at mm-hmm. the possibilities. Look where you could be and to yeah. create an inspiration. Right. And I think that is something that uh, can be well utilized. And maybe mainstream marketing will never utilize oh, yeah. it, but I Maybe. will utilize it if I'm going to sell what I'm going to sell. You know? Oh, yeah. 1,000%. So here's a question, too. Now, just just knowing the way that social media works, knowing the way that uh, – just just knowing the way that online business works and on and personal branding works, how much of your business do you think is selling your product versus how much do you think is just you selling yourself and also people wanting to mm-hmm. emulate you, wanting to be like you? You know, because mm-hmm. for instance, we met through Amanda and I love Amanda. She's a close friend of mine, you know, mm-hmm. and we spend a lot of time together whenever we can. And uh, one thing that is apparent about her is that the people who really follow her listen to her and they also really people want one thing I think that's go, that goes unsaid oftentimes is that the really only thing you can give people is, is energy. Yeah. So people when people want to get involved with you, especially on a business level, they they're looking at the end of the day for some of your energy, a piece of your energy. And a lot of times people also want to they want to emulate you a little bit. They want to because they see not not because they're like 
sick or something, I I want to emulate too. It, it goes yeah. all, it goes both ways. But you right. see qualities that you like, you see a lifestyle that you you know that you aspire to, and you want to emulate that. Yes. And and I was just talking to my wife about this this morning. She's like, they'll see all I have to do on Instagram is have a verified check mark, put up a photo of me in a nice suit giving a speech, and people assume I'm rich. Oh, all yeah. I have to do is have a verified <laughs> check mark, give a nice speech in a, a give a, give us give us a speech in a nice set in a Hugo Boss suit, and, and say a couple of cool things. People are like, this guy's rich and he's a baller, and I'm like, oh, yeah. done. <laughs> and so so then I can say I have a book too, and they're like, oh, sign me up. And how, and I'm not saying that I don't have like genuine experience and that's the point. You have to have some genuine experience to help people, but how much of what you're selling is yourself versus the actual product? Just mm. Mm. my opinion. That's a good you question. Know. You know, genuinely everything that I create and sell, like one of my core values is integrity because with myself, because if I can't go to sleep at night, knowing that I was a genuine integrous person with what I'm doing, then I will only self-sabotage myself. Like that's what I, yes. that's how I am. And so, <laughs> and so for me, what I have cultivated and learned has mainly been from my own experimental journey with marketing, with business and literally only creating from a space of knowing that like someone wants to access something that I know or what I've learned, but I always get to lead them back through to themselves through what I've learned with my own experience. Do you know what I mean? So like, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm. in a lot of my programs or even with my clients, I'm not the type of person who's just like going to get on a call with you and tell you, you need to do this and this and this and this. I ask a lot of questions so that people know how to source for themselves, like, from my knowledge and wisdom, which is where I formulate my questions from, right? I always pose them questions so that they can source for themselves how to emulate their own light. Does that make sense? Because- Yes. Yeah. Like in general, I'm just someone who really highly values being unique. And sometimes that can work really well for me. And sometimes that makes me be rebellious in ways that like are like extra as fuck, right? Um, but- you know, for me, it's really, really important to be different in the sense of my authentic differentiation though, you know? But, but do you, but do you think that having an online business, a lot of it is selling your image of yourself and an aspirational image, even though you are selling real shit, mm, that's, yeah. that's guaranteed. Yeah. But how much, but, but people have to click on you. People have to yeah. just, people have to stop in the feed or yeah. give any of their time and just cl yeah. the click through to you is 80% yeah. of the battle. Oh and yeah. How much of that is just getting people to aspire? Yeah. To well, you know what, to be honest with you, I don't even feel like I'm at a place in my life with what I have the, the entire vision of what I have for my life where someone can look at me from a, from a capitalistic standpoint and be like, I want her life. But what it's just, I yeah, it's the aesthetic though. It's the, yeah, it's the aesthetic, right? It's the aesthetic. It's the the wisdom, and it's also I believe that beauty is a marketing tool. So like, right? You know, like I my face when I talk on my stories, when I do my makeup, when I get, I believe that that is something that allows me to leverage business. Of course, it allows me to leverage opportunities yes. because 
you're, I'm attractive, right? And I think that's true in like the world in so many other ways, even if it's not necessarily like I'm driving around a fucking G-Wagon in Glendale, you know what I mean? But <laughs> I think you pro- probably have a better hit rate than with the G-Wagon. <laughs> I thought I think I would stay away from a G wagon. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, so you know, like from that point of view, I think that yes, I I believe that the way that I speak, the way that I communicate, the way that I articulate myself, the way that I um, uniquely express things, that is desirable because a lot of people. Yes are very copy and pasted in a lot of ways in their businesses. And like a lot of people don't know how to access their own blueprint of expression. And so a lot of people come to me, even like business. That's called branding for layman's who said, (laughs) what did you say? Blueprint. Can you just talk to humans, please? Yeah. Yeah. Say branding. Branding. (laughs) Blueprint. Your own, like, okay. Yes. Literally it's your own blueprint of branding. And like, the thing is, like, people people think that, like, you can just go and emulate and, like, copy and, like, download the way of being and copy and paste consciousness of someone else to get what you want. Mm-hmm. But even if you did do that and it did work with you, you still wouldn't be fucking happy because you're not living in your own authentic blueprint of self and success. It's and like a Chinese finger trap. Of- you just pull your fingers, you try to get out, you can't right. get out. And the thing is, it's like a lot of people don't want to do that because let me be real with you. Like it takes time. It takes time. You have to be patient. And like a lot of people, especially with online business, everyone's looking for quick, fast and hurry results. But if you're going to build a legacy and if you're going to leave a purpose on this earth with your name and be able to pivot and transition and do all the things you want to do without having to brand yourself around a freaking I help statement, then you have to give yourself time to figure out who your brand is. What does my brand embody? What does my brand stand for? How do I brand myself? And of course, there's like practical and energetic skill sets that are important in being able to successfully execute that. But like you can't do that by just copying people. <laughs> so, who? so, okay, fair. Who is your uh, target demo? Just like give me some of your stats of people who like if you had to just go marketing breakdown, mm-hmm. who are your ideal people that you like to serve? Yeah. So like I really love working with people who consider themselves spiritual entrepreneurs. They're doing transformational work in the realms of personal healing on a mind or energetic level. Maybe they're doing psychic channeling. Maybe they're doing Reiki. Maybe they're doing tarot. Maybe they're um, using hypnosis and NLP to help people transform their neurochemistry. Um, And then also when it comes – I like to look at my demographic with their core values as well because – you're providing B2B services though, yes? You're finding yeah. these businesses and you're helping them do their marketing to get right. clients. Right, right. Okay. Sometimes, okay. sometimes. Yes, and, and like in a, a lot of times I like to not just help people with client attraction, but more so just like the effervescence of their actual messaging. You know what I mean? And of course that ends up channeling down and falling down into like, okay, client attraction and different strategies and business design and structure and all those things. But ultimately it's all about like the positioning of their actual message. But you know, like on that, on that tip, it's like, yeah, I'm helping them get their clients and grow their business in terms of their impact, their influence and their income. But also beyond that, it's about like, you accessing your deeper blueprint of purpose so that you can have more fulfillment and service in the world in your own unique way. 
what do you good I, I I'm, I'm in alignment with that and what do you feel like given you know the state of marketing because essentially you're helping people dial in their marketing and, and you say effervescence I say copywriting but yeah. it's you know it's like you know <laughs> yeah. you know tomato tom tomato tomato you know yeah um, but, I, but, I, but I'm with you in, in essence and what I'm thinking or what I'm asking is what, what are the best channels right now to get a message out mm -hmm. there, to get a message in the self-development field? Because again, I'm, you know, you have a very specific way of talking, which will attract a specific type of audience. But for someone <laughs> yeah. who, does, who is like, what the fuck is she talking about? It's, <laughs> it's a whole niche of self-development that, yeah. that, that, that this is absolutely applicable to. And yeah. in the self-development space, what do you think are the best ways to get your message out there Mm -hmm. uh, both organically and paid right now, yeah. given everything that's going on. Yeah. Organically, I really feel like building a community via a podcast or some kind of private audio podcast. or video channel is really yeah. huge. The reason why I say this is because like, I mean, I don't like to say like put up external blockages and be like, oh, the Instagram algorithm and blah, blah, blah. But like ultimately, like because people, anyone can follow you on Instagram, but just because they follow you on Instagram doesn't mean that they're in your community. You know what I mean? And so like- it's, There's it's, layers to it. Right. It's just, it's, it's not the closest layer. It's not the furthest layer. It's not the closest layer though. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? And so, you know, like having something where people have to consciously make a decision to go type your name or type your group name or go to your- Or if you're shadow band like me, even if you get your name typed, you don't get it seen. What? I didn't even know that was how shadow band worked. I thought it was just like from hashtags. You can type my whole name out and it won't come up unless you're already following me. Or if someone oh else God. is following me, they tag me. You can't find me right now. They're, they're mad at me because I post about mushrooms. I said something about Biden. They just get, oh all, they get mad, man. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I would say in terms of like a free marketing channel. Now- Another thing that I would, I think you can do this in so many different ways is like a subscription option versus whether it's like a monthly membership or a Patreon. And the reason why I say memberships are still a part of a marketing channel is because if you have a low end membership, that's like, you know, 49 to $99 a month, maybe even up to $200 a month, you can access people to to scale your business to you know offer a specific type of discount to all of your other things right and then it gives you the opportunity to not only nurture them in that space and like give them exclusive content but also it, it puts you directly in front of the person just like you would be directly marketing to them in their email inbox you know what I mean except it's on a platform that's funny you know it's it's funny because every space has uh, just like I guess perceived market value for content. And so yeah. for instance, with like the coaching and self-development space, you're right. It's like 49 to hundred bucks is, it's like right around 49 would be maybe low and hundred would be right around average. Potentially some people might say it's high, but it's really not. It can go up yeah. to 200 right. per month. But, but, and so I've done stuff in that space and that's about the range. You're right. Now I also tried something in the, uh, like this, the streaming exercise mm -hmm. space. And mm -hmm. in that space, Nine ninety nine or bust. People won't go above that because <laughs> oh, yeah. they're so because they're comparing it to um, Beachbody or Netflix, and so yeah. you have to compete. And it, not, 
you know, a hundred bucks a month for exercise, they'd be like, fuck you. But it's like, damn, we put so <laughs> yeah. much work into this. Literally. So it's just interesting, interesting how people will pay for one type of information so much per month and another type of information. Psh, fuck oh you. yeah. You definitely got to be aware of like where the lead is coming from. Like if my lead is coming from the pool of the coaching space, then they're probably already groomed to think that I'm going to be investing thousands of dollars into my personal development. How do you get people to come into your world? Are you doing podcast tours? Are you on YouTube? How are you getting people organically to find you? Because pod- yeah. podcasting just alone is hard if you don't already have an audience. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I've my main space from for growth has been Instagram. I've been really good at learning how to go viral on Instagram. I do a lot of talking about stories. How do you do? How do you, you, know, how do you go viral? <laughs> you know, it's a combination. Still? In yeah. 2022, you're going viral? Did I, you know, did I have a viral video? I mean, it was like on the explore page and some things. I would define I, viral. You, okay, so like viral would be like a hundred k plus views. It's pretty good on, on a video or a reel. On a video, a reel. Okay, a reel. That's pretty good. A reel. How big is I don't account? think that I've. The only time I ever had actual videos go viral was when I was speaking a lot about George Floyd back in twenty twenty. Uh, that was a that was a viral time. How big is your account? Sixteen point four right now on Instagram. That's pretty good. That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's all about engagement. So that's really. Yeah. What, I mean, my account yeah. is like fucking. Yeah. Right you now. know, I get a lot of engagement depending on what I say, and I happen to be one of those people who will like speak out the things that people are thinking that they don't want to say because I just happen that to helps. be. Yeah, I just be like the very. I'm like the very bold person that like people can expect to me to say the things that nobody else will say. So you so you get people to go from Instagram to your other platform, yeah. Pieces of your platform, yeah. I do which is really, what? yeah. I have like a marketing cycle of where I reshare and repurpose and just make all of my content fit in places. But based on the fact that it doesn't make sense to have super long form content on Instagram all the time, and I know that my super long right. form content on Instagram isn't really going to always um, be reaching the people who will actually need to hear it and want to hear it then I know that my long-form content likely needs to go to my podcast or my email list. Are you considering YouTube as well? Yeah, YouTube too. Yeah, I, I, feel, like the, I feel like the real golden goose is YouTube, but oh, yeah. it, it takes a minute to crack YouTube. It's oh, not yeah. just, you can't just show up and be like, <laughs> oh, I'm here. Yeah. No, no. The only thing that, I mean, if, you're re- if you can get really good at it, TikTok, like I blew up on TikTok in like two months. I'd get Tra- like, trash traffic though. I know it is. See, that's why I only use TikTok for fun. I'm just like, I'm just going to go on here and make comedy jokes. And like, that's why I use TikTok. But it so happens that sometimes people do find me on TikTok who are like in my niche and they're like, oh, I'm going to follow her on Instagram. And then they follow me on Instagram. Maybe. The yeah. top 1% on TikTok are probably making the most money, but that that niche is, that, that whole platform is hard. Even oh, with yeah. paid influencers with oh, yeah. pretty big like, two and three million followers. I'm like, you guys created no traffic. How is it possible? Yeah. How is it possible? Yeah. Um, the best social platform by far is YouTube. Oh, but yeah. That's the hardest one to crack. You know? Oh, yeah. It takes and, time. Uh, too. You it, it, it just takes years. For like a year, like years. Oh, at least a, a year, uh, at least a year, you know, oh, years, yeah. three, three plus years. Oh, yeah. Consistent uploads. And if you say twice a week, it has to be fucking twice a week. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. or more. Oh, it has to be good. So, yeah, it's, yeah, and, and you don't and you know you're, you're YouTube's bitch. You know, don't expect yes. to be paid. You know, until they decide to crack you open a few <laughs> viral hits, and Literally. then maybe they'll give you some money, uh, and you'll get some subscribers. So yeah, they, they make <laughs> yeah. you work for the views. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and okay, okay, 
So what do you think, what do you think about the transition to the metaverse? How do you think that's going to affect everything that we're all doing, you know, you in know, online business and, and marketing? Like, what do you think is going to happen? You know, I'm so excited for it. And I Fucking think it's metaverse. so on time because- Have you ever tried the Oculus? Yes. Yes. But you know what? The game that I was on, I was flying around in this room and all I could hear was these little kids on there. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) It was some kind of like space game. Yeah. It's freaky. And it's so cool. But you know, like where I see that going and what I'm really excited about diving into and and thinking about, like actually one of my friends, she, she just started doing, um, augmented reality hypnosis sessions where you can like go through like mm. your your hypnosis journey and see the shit do you know what i mean they did it the so, well there's a there's a a 3d vr experience of an ayahuasca journey on yeah. oculus it's so like oh my incredible. god it's so cool incredible where i see that going is like firstly it's going to encourage like more um innovation and i think i think that's mm. something that i've seen is more so speaking from this personal development and coaching space, you just keep seeing the same fucking people, the same kind of events, the same kind of courses, the same shit over and over. And I think that people are getting burnt out and tired from the same thing. And so I think like moving into the metaverse and like this idea that like we can connect and and get learning experiences and be in transformation in a very unique and different way. Like I would totally host a weekend retreat in a fake version of Mexico on Oculus. Like I would. I might get left in the past. Although, you know? although, and I haven't talked about this much, but uh, the <laughs> podcast is going to do, we are going to record some episodes in the metaverse. We're going to create a digital Ooh. studio a studio in the metaverse and do a few episodes. So that's uh, so dope. Come back and do it. Yeah. Now, now okay. So you were, you were born in 88, uh, 98. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was it like as a kid growing up in the early 2000s? Mm. You know, in Indiana? I, yeah, I grew up in Indiana. I lived there until I was 10. And then I moved to the DMV area, which was a whole okay. different experience. That's but, way different. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we'll go there too. But growing up in Indiana, you know, I was very sheltered as a child. My mom and dad divorced before I was even one years old. And my mom was like a single mom working, trying to keep the lights on, different things like that. And I was very sheltered because she just, she at that time was going through a lot of pain from having to to divorce my dad. And so like, I think she was having her own kind of experience about like pain and not trusting people and like people will hurt you and like all these things. And so she kind of like projected that on me and didn't allow me to be a child. So I had a lot of experiences where I, you know, couldn't do things that, you know, normal school kids would do, like always like playing outside after school or, you know, sleeping over other kids' houses or, you know, I had to always be the first one to leave the birthday party or something like that. You know what I mean? Because it was getting late or my mom had to meet the parents or talk to whoever, look at my phone bill, right? So I was very sheltered and that kind of influenced my vision of myself and my vision of the world, right? Like I- Really, Your only child? Yeah. I'm my mom's only child. My dad is like a rolling yeah. stone. So I have like yeah. other siblings. You have some siblings, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, my mom's only child. And so, you know, like she grew up, I grew up being protected and sheltered and she telling me who I had to be in the world to survive. And so like 
I grew up very like almost knowing who I was on the inside, but having to hide that, having to pretend to be something else to make sure that I didn't get in trouble. You know, there were a lot of instances where I was doing something that my mom didn't approve of. So like, for example, I grew up identifying as lesbian and my mom was like hardcore Christian, like religious, like- Not in Indiana. <laughs> I know, not in, in like, no, 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 like, no, no literally no, no. like, no, no, we no. We don't do lesbian in Indiana. <laughs> no, like, you know, like you, no. So I was totally out of- Lesbian church and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> at, a, at 11 a.m. Yeah, you know, and like I knew from a very young age, like that was just my sexuality. That's how I identified. And she, you know, there were times where I was like growing up and girls and finding out and reading my text messages and all these things. And I would have these experiences, like these really traumatic experiences where my mom would kick me out. I would end up either on the street or at a shelter or like she would send me at this at this point. You'd be in I, a shelter because she'd kick you out because you were gay. Yeah, yeah. So like, like if she. That's the headline of the whole thing. How come we didn't lead with that? You know, that's the headline of the whole interview. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Christ. I've I. Um, I gotta screen these people better. What's the headline? <laughs> okay, I'm listening. No, seriously. Like my mom would kick me out and she would be like, she would either call the police on me and the police would come and she would say, she can't stay here because like, she would sometimes like make up things and say like, I tried to hit her or like something like that. And then- But it was really because you're a lesbian. It was because of that, that found out and she would get upset and my mom was violent when she got upset. And so, you know, it came down to like police and like, you know, getting kicked out and like going and staying at shelters with- And it's crazy because the shelters that I was at, like, they weren't even, like, they were actually built in there for, like, children who committed crimes and, like, were sentenced there to a judge. And every time I would go, like, like, halfway houses. Yeah, basically. And they would be like, oh, why are you here? And I'm like, yeah, I was, like, talking to, like, this older woman on my cell phone, (laughs) you know? And, like, I would get, like, that's trash. I felt, I know, it really was. And I've done a lot of forgiveness work around, that and like having to understand that like my mom probably has things going on in her own consciousness that like she isn't even able to like understand why she reacted like that. You know what I mean? You're gonna have to mushroom that one that one away. Psilocybin that one to death. I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't I'm know. Just hit it over there with a mushroom. <laughs> Is that what you did? did you do that? I'm or you said you're going to, to this summer. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, this summer. Okay. Yeah, you'll like that. That's uh, that's a doozy. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for it. I've been like feeling the pull towards that. But yeah, you know, like it's been a lot of work unraveling being afraid of being myself and being able to even like speak up for myself and be like, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. Like, and not being ashamed in that. You know what I mean? Because if you like yourself and then you like get kicked out and like sent away and abandoned for being yourself, you almost feel like you can't be yourself in the world. So, okay. I am. I am definitely, definitely with you, and yeah. I, I can, I can relate to your story, and I know my wife can too, especially Sarah. Yeah. Um, so, walk me through the process of actually building the business, and so uh, this is how I would do it. If like, because I'm, because I'm also thinking as a listener, I'm thinking, yeah. Listen, there are a lot of people who uh, are interested in monetizing in some way a skill that they are interested in, mm-hmm. and you know. What you're describing is how you've done it with your unique skill set. Mm-hmm. 
if we're just zooming out and looking at the process of doing it, mm. you know, and how mm. you did it, the first thing was, did you, did you develop some sort of curriculum or some sort of, I mean, you have multiple curriculums now, yeah. but like what, what's, the, what's the first step to getting a business like this started, you know, from, for a beginner? This is a, such a good question. So, okay. Can I start with, by saying that like my whole entire life, I've been a problem solver in like a way of my own self. Right. And mm -hmm. a lot of the times solving my problems came down to finding solutions and creating them for myself from the age of like 14. Like going back to my story, even like having had that experience, I created a plan to graduate high school in three years. I skipped the 11th grade and I went to college at 17 so I could get out. You know what I mean? So fast track. For, yeah. So for me, Peace out, like, bitch. yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, so, you know, like literally for me, I've built the skill set of not only having problem solving skills, but being able to have outlets that allowed me to use the outlet to solve the problem. Do you know what I mean? So think about it in the okay. way of like writing my college paper to get into American University in Washington, DC at 17. You know what I mean? Okay. Like yes. different things like that. I've I've been built to almost think about all the possible ways and solutions of getting to an outcome. And so when I think about my curriculums and the things that I've created to help other people, I always give people multiple sources and options of being like, this is how you can do this like this, or you can do that. And these are the elements that need to be included in this in order for you to do it like that. And this is how this can look if you answer these five questions. So you give, so when you make a curriculum, you give people multiple paths to solving the problem. Yeah. Multiple passages. Like I always articulate things I find in more than one way. And I always show the multiple possibilities because I think that it's important for people to not feel boxed in or that they have to do something in a way that doesn't fit their personality or even their energetic blueprint. So, okay. So what does that look like in a practical example? Like you're, for instance, you're helping someone with a marketing project yeah. and you give them multiple, multiple uh, different perspectives on solving a problem. What would that look like? Yeah. So for me, I always like to ask people when it comes to their ideal client and the person that they want to speak to, what are their core values? And so for example, if someone says that their person's core value in life is freedom, then we might then take the languaging that we use and the keywords and the phrases and speak around a vision of freedom versus if someone's ideal client's main thing that they need to fix and improve in their life is their finances or their money flow, right? Which might not necessarily be freedom. It might just be like the fact that I need to financially sustain myself. Then that might be something where we talk about like, what it looks like to be able to trust yourself and to be able to make the money that you that you desire to make through your unique purpose or your career or whatever. Uh, you know what I mean? Now we're talking about positioning. Positioning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. This this is this is an interesting point as well. Yeah. I mean, and whenever you're whenever you're trying to solve a problem, either you're trying to market to a specific type of type of client or you're trying to solve a problem for a client. Right. Changing the position, just like you're saying, yeah. uh, can often help, like 
dramatically change the result of the same action, the same marketing. Oh yeah. And beyond that, I also believe in marketing in a way that also benefits the type of person that you are, right? So like for me as a coach, one of my standards in my client relationships and in my relationships in life in general is reciprocity. Like I don't want to attract a client who makes everything about them and doesn't even have a nerve to like have manners to ask me how I'm doing when we get on a coaching call. Do you know what I mean? I've had that experience. And anytime I've felt like someone doesn't treat me like we're in a relationship, regardless if it's a client to coach relationship, it's still a relationship. Um, If someone doesn't value reciprocity and like having an intimate communication style and also being like, if so, like one of my main things for people I meet, I love to attract people who value being of service and before they value making a lot of money. Because if you make, if I attract someone who's just always about making money, making money, making money, then I'm going to get fucking annoyed because you're not actually help, like, like, like being pro- productive and expansive for what my unique purpose is as a business owner. Do you know what I mean? So I think there's levels to positioning. Like you also have to be aware of who you speak to in terms of like the core values that you have for yourself and the standard that you hold for your business. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's true. It's true. Yeah. If you're if you're if you are a coach and your marketing, your positioning, especially for helping other businesses or other coaches, is about making as much money as possible, <laughs> then you're gonna get the type of you're gonna get the people, people who are such in lack that like they make everything about them. Right. And they're going to be the most annoying. Yes. That's definitely true. <laughs> That's definitely true. Yeah. And there's, there, there's, I guess the, the thing that like, again, like almost like the elephant in the room is like, there's a whole industry of coaches, coaching coaches. <laughs> Do we all realize this? Like, and, and I, and I, I think it's just an LA thing and I'm not sure if everyone realizes, <laughs> but especially in LA, yeah. people just, you realize it's, it's normal to you. Yeah. But there is a whole industry, a pretty lucrative industry of coaches, coaching coaches. So like what Fallon is talking about, like getting clients and building a business and finding people who are in alignment. You're like, what are you talking about? There's a whole, there's tons of people who, and I'm just laughing because I am part of that. (laughs) And I've been a part of that for a while and now I'm away from that. Oh yeah. But so it's just, it's pretty cool. And um so, okay, so let's talk about from a practical perspective. What do you think is is the long-term future of a coaching business similar to the one you have now? Do you think mm-hmm. that you just keep growing it? Do you think that you morph it into something else? What What do you see yourself? Because you're only 23. Oh, you yeah. have like a long yeah. runway to do whatever you oh, want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the re- that's a good question. And that's the reason why I brand myself as a personal brand. And I don't brand myself as a business or entity that sure. is around a specific sure. I help statement. Like one of the yeah. things that I think- What's is- an I help statement? Do we, people don't know what an I help statement is. I help seven-figure coaches make eight figures through energetics and business. No, you don't. Like no, you don't. Like that, right? <laughs> We've all seen it. We've I all help, seen the I help statement. I help like, or you see like, oh my God, like this, this coaching, like divine feminine character. Like, oh God, I just, I died. There's a whole- that's what I'm saying. There's a whole industry of it. And it's, it's. Yeah. It can be very empowering and also very annoying because like in many ways, yeah. like I think there's a, an, a hierarchy, like a cult, like in certain yes. ways, 
And it's and just that's toxic like, positivity oh, sometimes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Toxic positivity. For sure. Uh, spiritual bypassing. For sure. Fake, fake humility. Oh, yeah. Uh, ego tripping. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. LA fucking bullshit. Yeah. Don't yeah. even get me don't even get me started in there are no black people. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Ah. So don't even get me started. Yeah. So yeah. that but I don't but <laughs> I, I guess I, I I guess since I'm part of the bubble, I'm not sure what the awareness is of the listener. I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's small because the area but the area is not that big, but there's a lot of activity in yeah. that area. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. The LA area. Yeah. And you know, I even beyond that, I've seen it just at a micro capacity too. It's just like in in different places, especially in LA, but also like in Canada Austin. and like fucking Colorado and all that shit. Yeah, it's clicky. It's it's it's, yeah. it's just interesting. I think probably every industry has like oh, yeah. the little clicks and mm-hmm. like you're saying, there's like a hierarchy of like whose business is doing the best, mm-hmm. who's you know who who's has the best on social. I guess mm-hmm. you know who's. Takes yep. the best photos, I guess. Yeah, and me, it know. just like turns into a cult and then they all start copying each other. And it's like, your prices are the same as her price. Oh, okay. All right. Got it. The, okay, here's here's a question. Just knowing like what – okay. So you can tell as much as you want, but what's the potential of a launch? Like what types of numbers have you seen or what's the potential of a launch Yeah. Uh, for different types of coaching programs? And uh, do you feel like Instagram um, in terms of driving leads – Mm-hmm. is a, as effective as it has been in the past. Mm. Okay. So in terms of like launching, my biggest launch in my four years has been almost 35K. And that's just from, you know, like... What product was that? My my mastermind for magnetism. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I think like I can definitely say there has been partially like this... I don't want to say like this lack of desire around needing to have like huge, big hundred million thousand dollar launches. Like I just genuinely gotta go care. more, more. Yeah, like I don't need cash to- in, baby. Yeah, like as like my values. Like I love money and it's great, but like it's also not the reason why I do what I do. I don't need to like Get keep good. tasting yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and yeah. all and honestly, I like taking my time to figure out if that's what I even want. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't need to It like, works better rush. that way. Right. I don't need to rush into these goals. Like you never know. Like I could have had my 35K launch and then like next thing you know, like in two years I have a 300 k and it was nothing. You know what I mean? Like it was easy. I yeah. don't need to like rush myself into these things it's better. to like prove myself. It doesn't change my value. It doesn't change my expertise. It doesn't, I'm giving, I'm taking my time to flush out like my wisdom so that I can be even more powerful in the future. You know what I mean? And so like, that's what matters to me is not like proving myself through like, oh my God, I had a $60 million year. (gasps) Like, what does that mean? Extremely (laughs) wise because I certainly got lost in the sauce of having to do more and more launches and better, 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 better. And then, you know, it just got personally like, just burn myself out. It's yeah. just like, why am I even doing this? Like, what's yeah. the point? Because you got to, just because you're making more money doesn't mean you're not also paying more money to do all this right. shit. And it's just like, yeah. And it's, it's just, just like, you're, man, it's just you're, you're keeping up with the Joneses. And it's like, I For have what? found in my life, like, especially when I first moved to LA, like in 2020, I had 900% in my revenue from the year before. 
So like I had, I had like blown up. I was like, oh shit. Like I'm out here doing like, you know what I mean? Rich now. (laughs) You know? And I was like, and then I realized like, oh, like the things that I was doing with my money or like the fact that I had a lot of it, it didn't change anything for me. Like besides the fact that I got, you know what I mean? So like for me, it was more like, what are my actual values in life? Like I, I care about my peace. I care about like connecting with people. I care about love. I care about relationships. I care about having fun. I care about seeing the world in different ways. I care about having a nice space. Like I care about eating at Erewhon. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and that's cool for me. Like I don't need this extraterrestrial amount of thing to like prove, look at how energetically sustainable I am. Like, I don't care about that. I just want to connect it, with God yeah. and love myself. Like That's so, that's so true. Yeah, I I, uh, I wish I would have learned that earlier. That took me a few years to learn that. And that, that period that you had in 2020, I had that from like 2015 to 17 yeah. probably. Yeah. Like about two, three years. And just like, you know, I don't I don't regret anything. It's just like, whatever, yeah. man, it's over now. But like spending yeah. a lot of money. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Making millions and just being like, bye, bitch. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it, it was just like the economy of that time too was like, just what I was doing was a perfect time and it was, you know, everything was going really, really perfect. Yeah. So I, you can also overestimate how how good you are versus mm-hmm. also where the market is for that type of offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Timing is very important. And so seeing those waves. But yeah, but, but, but then like thinking, yeah, even having spent that money being like, huh. It didn't really make me that much happier. No. Like any problems that I had came and went with that money yeah. uh, or, or, or they remain with that money and still had to deal with them. Yeah. And then, you know, looking at it now, like just being content to like build, but more slowly and more deliberately. More deliberately. More on, yes. You know. More deliberately for legacy, legacy yes. and longevity. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. great to have like a launch of a program and you have the the great big ass launch and then you never eh. do anything with it again like it's yeah it's, you know what i mean it like, all goes away yeah you know and i mean like that's life right but at the same time like i want to allow myself the spaciousness to evolve and grow over time because i know when i take time to integrate what i'm actually getting and learning then it's more powerful and that else sets me up for the quantum leaps for things that I get to have when I'm ready for them. Yeah, that's wise. Yeah, I think there's a timing element to life that is uh, can be frustrating because the compulsion is to push for more all the time. Yeah. Because we live in a commercial capitalist environment that yeah. pushes for achievement right. and position right. and Wait. collection of means. You know, yeah, and that's like how within the coaching industry, so many people get successful because they're the ones who's at the top, and then like everyone else is like, oh my god, like. I, I got to buy everything right. from this person. Right, like, right, right. Oh my God, girl. Like if you just took some time to like be with yourself, you would be good, but okay. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like for anyone who's listening to this and thinking, okay, I also am interested in, in the coaching space. I think that one thing that is wise is focus on deep rather than wide because uh, it getting a big following is kind of cool and it does work. But it's also it's also not the most important thing. And if you can create a really dedicated following, even if it's smaller, but then you can create like catered experiences that mm-hmm. are higher ticket, really high value, mm-hmm. but exclusive, mm-hmm. I think that's just as good. And I know lots of people who are doing hundreds of thousands, if not millions, without mm-hmm. having 
with it, seriously, mm-hmm. without having any of that crap. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it can go both ways. Oh yeah. Um, and that's what's possible in this space. And I know I've done it, and I know people who've done oh, it. Oh yeah. And you're doing it. Oh yeah. It's possible. And I think something that's going to be a big theme for the next three years is innovation. Because like I was saying earlier, like people are getting burnt out and tired of the same type of containers, you know, like even me, I'm getting bored with hosting things on Zoom, you know, or even just like your average retreat. Now I'm like, you know what, maybe I'm going to create a retreat that's on a yacht in Miami for two days and we're just like drinking champagne and talking about business. You know what I mean? Like something like that. that. I mean... (laughs) That and that's that's why that's I mean, I'm pimping my own shit now. That's why in our in our most recent program, it's called NWP New Wave Protocol, mm. and it has three separate events. Mm-hmm. And the first one, which we just did in February, was a fight camp. Oh my! So we brought everyone out, and we did self defense fight training. We had a pregnant couple out there. We had uh, we had all different shapes and sizes of people rolling around, getting getting it in, ma- making friends. We rented out a four million dollar mansion in Venice. Oh, uh, we've dope. catered the event. Uh, everyone had matching gear, matching swag, all with their names on it. It was super dope. Yeah. And um, and then everyone got to see me fight at the end and, <laughs> and just get crushed. Uh, and then the next one that we're so that's one of three. The next one we're doing is a tactical uh, like training. So we're gonna do like shooting outside in the woods and do hunting so stuff. Cool. Yeah. But like like the whole team. Oh, and yeah. then the last one we're gonna we're gonna do spiritual blast off. So like you know going into the the fifth dimension. So that's gonna be the last one that's gonna be in the so summer. Cool. So that's why I'm saying I want to do that type of shit. And so, oh, yeah. just like you're saying, you can create experiences for people that. And, and what's that worth to you? Well, if you right. want to find out, <laughs> uh, you, I'll I'll tell you via email. But 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 you can create experiences like that for people, and it's for it's for things that they couldn't organize or want to organize themselves. Mm. And you can create that container, like you're saying, because you're saying container. People are like what's a container? Right. Container is like a method of delivering a product or a program. That's yeah. that's like the, yeah like layman's terms for it. because it's a container <laughs> yeah. you know it's like it's like how are you going to deliver the program yeah you know is it going to be in monthly zoom sessions is it going to be in you know quarterly meetings is it going to be via chat you know that's the container kind of basically yeah. right yeah and so i think live can live containers like doing live events mm-hmm. is still where it's at people are wanting to get back into the live game oh, now. Yeah. people are so sick of zoom oh yeah you know i'll do I, we do zoom trainings in between those things that i mentioned yeah but it's just like do you want to, I mean, we're doing this via, this would be better in studio, right? Like, obviously. Oh, that'd be so but, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to have a whole studio set up in LA, but it's just like, I don't live there anymore. It's, all, it's yeah. over now. Like that period's <laughs> over. But I, I might get one in Oregon at some point. So what else? Hmm. What do I want to say? You know? What do you want to say? You know, I think that like, it's important for people to be really focused on your relationship with yourself before everything else. And the reason why I say this as simple as it sounds is because like, if you're not like good with yourself all the way 100, where you can just be like, Mm -hmm. holy vibe and not really judging yourself, not like getting in your head about like, this is happening and that's happening and this isn't happening or whatever, right? Like, it's much more easier to be more, intentional, streamlined and in purpose and in alignment with what you actually want and what you're and what you get to do to create that when your relationship with yourself is clear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's like one of yeah. the hardest things especially if you're someone who's an entrepreneur to 
maintain because you do have like all these things that you have to think about that, you know, someone who might not be an entrepreneur or might not be working for themselves or building a legacy and a business online and, and helping a lot of other people, you know, it's like not something that a lot of people have to think about. But when you're someone who's in that position and you are wanting to be sovereign and free and like abundant and all the things that you want to do, what I've found personally is that like it's not about doing more on the outside and like chasing the next things and maintaining and sustaining that. It's really about like maintaining and sustaining your relationship with yourself. You know, if you don't have yourself, then you don't really have anything and you can't enjoy anything. Well, I, I definitely dig what you're saying. And I think that um, if you have an honest relationship with yourself, you can make the best decisions mm-hmm. and your decisions are what drive the outcome of yeah. your life. That. Like Mm. when I hear what you're saying, that's what it says to me. It's like, if you're being honest with yourself, it's like, would you want to depend on a GPS that doesn't tell you the right direction? No. (laughs) Yeah. You want to take it. You want an honest GPS, not a dishonest one. Yeah. And if you're honest with yourself, then you can always know that you'll get to the right destination, the right direction. It doesn't mean that's always going to be easy. Sometimes the mileage is going to be hard, but you can know that you're going in the right direction if you're being honest with yourself. And being honest with yourself is difficult because it takes self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think uh, everyone develops self-awareness in time. I don't know if there's a way you can personally rush it. You can read books, you can meditate, you can, you know, just reflect on your experiences in life. You can psychedelic yourself to death, you yeah. can do therapy, <laughs> you can, uh, you can do breath work. These are all different ways to like start to yeah. become more self-aware and self-conscious and so you know, where can we find more about what you're doing? Where can we follow your work? Yeah. Tag it. So mainly Pimping. I'm on Instagram at Fallon Satterfield. And I know that's a mouthful. It's F-A-L-Y-N. I'll put in the show notes. Cool. Um, and then spiritualbadbitch.com slash begin. Spiritualbadbitch.com. I can't believe <laughs> yeah. you got the domain. I know. And literally I was like, oh my God, the value on this is going to be so good when I really like. Yeah. I really- Hold on to it. That's, that's, oh, yeah. that's an NFT. Literally. Literally. That's an NFT. Yeah. And okay. Like, well, we'll really- yeah, we'll, 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 ta- we'll tune down on, on the Spiritual Bad Bitch NFT launch. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm going to, you know, do merch at some point. I'm really just behind the scenes, like working on what that looks like for me, but merch. That's bad bitch that, merch. It's, 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 it's a merch it's a merchable brand oh, for yeah. sure for sure for sure <laughs>